Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the prayer of sinners as we pick up in Psalm chapter 66, verse 15. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. In the New Testament, there was a man who was born blind. And Jesus came to him and he said, would you like to see? (laughs) He said, sure would. So Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud, put it in his eyes, and he said, go down to the pool of Siloam and wash that out. So the man went down to the pool of Siloam. When he washed out his eyes, he could see. Now, it happened on the Sabbath day, and so it got the Jews upset. And they said to the man, how is it that you can see? And he told them the story. This man came and he put this mud in my eye and told me to go and wash. And he said, when I washed, I could see. They said, well, who was it? He said, I don't know. They said, well, we know he's got to be a sinful man because he told you to violate the Sabbath. He said, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But all I know is where I was blind, now I can see. But he said, if he were a sinful man, then how is it that God heard his prayers? Because we know that God does not hear the prayer of the sinners. Now, that particular statement cannot be taken for doctrinal truth. Because this is the statement of a blind man in a conversation with the Pharisees. It's just quoting the statement of this man. The truth of the matter is that God does hear the prayer of sinners, or else you would all still be sinners. But God hears you when you said, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He hears that prayer. How much more? I don't know. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord does not hear me when I pray. God said through Isaiah, it isn't that my ear is heavy that I cannot hear, but your sins have separated. They've severed connections between you and God. So David is rejoicing in the fact that the Lord heard his prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Psalm 67, God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Three things. Be merciful unto us, bless us, cause his face to shine upon us. Now, there are some people that would find fault with this prayer. I never like to ask God for anything personal. That's so idealistic, it stinks. I want God to bless me. I want God to be merciful unto me, and I want God's face to shine upon my life. But the motive behind it, that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O God, be merciful. Cause your face to shine upon me. 
God bless me, in order that your way may be known upon the earth and your saving health, that I might be the blessing then actually to all nations, that all people may praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations of the earth. Jesus is coming to judge the nations righteously. In the 25th chapter of Matthew, we are told of the coming again of Jesus Christ to judge the earth. This was declared by Enoch in the book of Enoch, the prophecy of Enoch. Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon the earth and also to reign righteously as he governs over the nations upon the earth. Now, there are many people that are concerned with the judgment of God. What about a little child that dies before it is old enough to know Jesus Christ? What about people that have never heard of Jesus Christ? What about? Now, the Bible doesn't give us the specifics of his judgment. What he is going to do in specific cases but it does tell us that he is going to judge the world righteously. So whatever God does will be righteous. It will be fair. It will be just. I don't know what God is going to do. There are a lot of unknowables, a lot of questions, a lot of imponderables. Now, I do know some things. I do know that if I am walking with God, my children under the age of the accountability are safe. I know that. What about the children of those parents that are sinners? I don't know that. That I'm going to have to wait to find out. But I don't like to live in a question mark. And thus, I like to be sure now, I, I know for certainty how God is going to judge in certain areas. Those that believe on Jesus Christ, I know what's going to happen to them. Well, what about those that don't? Well, I don't know for sure, but I don't want to live in that kind of a question mark. I want to live on the safe side, that which I know. I want to be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness, but the righteousness which is of Christ through faith. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. Now this is interesting. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. More and more we are discovering the effect of man's attitudes upon plants. They are now connecting some of these lie detector things to plants, to Watch the reaction. For plants react much like human beings in that they have measurable responses upon these lie detector machines. And even as if you are holding the electrodes of a lie detector, as you start to tell a lie, your pulse begins to pick up and moisture begins to exude, and these little electrodes pick it up and you get this movement on the graph from this sensitive needle that's moving back and forth. And so 
A man who is skilled can ask you a series of questions and tell you which ones that you were telling the lie and which ones you're telling the truth and by the galvanic responses and so forth. Now they're finding that plants have similar kind of responses. And they respond to (laughs) words of praise. It's interesting. Now, I didn't know this, but there, and of course, it's just a very, (laughs) it's very early in the experimental stage. I have watched some experiments. I've watched the plants respond. And, and it's interesting to watch the plant responses on these machines. But when we were living in Newport Beach, we had a hibiscus that I planted out in the front yard. And every time I'd come out the door, I'd turn and say, praise the Lord, hibiscus. And when I would enter the house, I'd turn over to it and I'd say, praise the Lord, hibiscus. And you know, that was the most blossoming hibiscus you've ever seen in your life. Beautiful double orange blossoms covered constantly year round. That thing grew and prospered. It was the most healthy plant and most beautiful blossoming plant, and I'd just come out and say, praise the Lord, hibiscus. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. Isn't that wild? (laughs) The earth responding, plants responding to praise unto the Lord. (laughs) Now if I come into your house and I see all your plants withered and wilted... (laughs) You're going to be suspect. (laughs) God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall reverence him. The psalm begins with a prayer for blessing and the ends with an assurance of that blessing. Psalm 68, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. So sort of a thing against the enemies of God. Let them be scattered, let them flee. As smoke sort of just disappears, is driven by the wind, so drive them. As wax melts before the fire, so let them Perish in the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. All right, righteous. Be glad. Rejoice before God. In fact, exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. The Yah, the I am. And of course, in the name, you have then Yahshua, Yahoshaphat, so many 
different contractions with the Yah, but to us the important one is Yahshua, which is the Hebrew for Jesus. Extol him by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, a judge of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He brings out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O God, when you went forth before your people, when you did march through the wilderness, the earth shook, the heavens dropped at your, the presence of God. Even Sinai itself moved at the presence of God and the God of Israel. Thou, O God, did send a plentiful rain whereby you did confirm your inheritance when it was weary. Your congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O God, hath prepared of thy goodness for the poor. The Lord gave his word, and great was the company of those that published it. Kings of armies did flee apace. And she that tarried at home divided the spoil. And though you have lain among the pots, yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and her feathers with yellow gold, when the Almighty scattered kings and it was white as snow in Salmon. The hill of God is as the hill of Bashan, and the high hill is the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desired to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. In other words, he sees the other hills as sort of being jealous and, and all because God has chosen, really, the hill of Zion to dwell in. Why leap ye high hills? You know, we're so high, it should be us and all. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Now we have here a prophecy concerning Jesus Christ quoted by Paul in the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God may dwell among them. Paul, in quoting this, said, He who has ascended is the same one who first of all descended into the lower parts of the earth. And when he ascended, he led the captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And to some apostles and to some prophets and to some evangelists and to some pastor teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all come into the unity of faith, complete man, the knowledge of the Son of God, under the measure, the stature, the fullness, the image of Christ. And so Paul quotes this. He has ascended on high. He led captivity captive. But to lead captivity captive, he went first of all in the lower parts of the earth to free those that were captive. You see, prior to the death of Jesus Christ, those Old Testament saints could not enter into the glory of heaven. It was necessary that their sins be put away, something that the sacrifices of the Old Testament could not do. It was impossible that their sins could be put away by the blood of bulls or goats. 
All of the Old Testament sacrifices only were pointing to the better way that God would provide when he sent his only begotten son to be a lamb. Offering, sin offering, a sacrifice for our sins. So we are redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold from our vain, empty life, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ who was slain as a lamb without spot or without blemish. So because the blood of bulls and goats could not put away sin but only speak of the better sacrifice which was to come, their sins were covered and they, when they died, were held by death in the grave, in Sheol or in Hades, in hell. But hell prior to the death of Christ was separated into two compartments. One compartment was of suffering for the unbelievers. The other was a compartment of comfort by Abraham for those who were trusting in the promises of God and in the fulfillment of God's promise. Now these Old Testament men of faith all died in faith not having received the promise. But seeing it afar off, they held on to it and they claimed that they were just strangers and pilgrims here and they were just journeying through looking for a city which hath foundation, whose maker and builder is God. Now when Jesus died, he descended into hell. He who has ascended is the one who first of all descended into the lower parts of the earth and when he ascended, it is then that he led captivity captive. In the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 61, the prophecy concerning Christ, it said he is going to set at liberty those that are bound and open the prison doors to those that are bound. Set at liberty those that are chained, open the prison doors to those that are bound. Those that were bound by death, waiting with Abraham for the promise of God. When Jesus died, he descended into hell and he preached to those souls that were in prison. The glorious fulfillment of God's promise. The redemptive program is complete. The blood has been shed whereby your sins are now put away once and for all. And now with their sins put away, they can ascend on into the heavenly scene. So when he ascended, he led the captives from their captivity. And then he gave gifts unto men. That is within the church. He gave gifts gifted men as apostles, as prophets, as evangelists, as pastor teachers for the perfecting of the saints. So Paul quotes this in Ephesians 4, and of course it just ties together a whole group of scriptures. Luke, the 16th chapter, Acts chapter 2, and Ephesians chapter 4, and the reference there in Peter where he went and preached to those souls in prison and Isaiah 61. So you can look those up and find uh, them tied together. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. I love that. Oh, blessed be the Lord who daily just loads me down with the benefits of being his servant, benefits of walking with him. Oh, what? Benefits are mine in Christ Jesus, even the God of our salvation. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belongs the issues of death. 
Our times are actually in God's hands. It's appointed unto man once to die. And unto God the Lord belong the issues of death. But God shall wound the head of his enemies and the hairy scalp of such as those that go on still in his trespasses. The Lord said, I will bring again from Bashan, and I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea, that thy foot may be dipped in the blood of your enemies and the tongue of the dogs in the same. They have seen thy goings, O God, even the goings of my God, my king, in the sanctuary. The singers went before the players on the instruments. And now here he is describing the worship of God in the sanctuary. You've seen the going of God in the sanctuary, and now he's going to describe a little bit. First of all, in the procession, the singers are in the front. Following them are those players of instruments, the cymbals, the trumpets, and all. Followed after them were the young girls playing on their timbrels. Bless ye God in the congregations, even the Lord from the fountain of Israel. So he, he sees now, and of course, you know, we've, we've come to sort of a stilted form of the worship of God. We gather together, we sit in pews, we sit in rows, we're regimented and all, and, and we, we come and we have sort of a lecture on the word of God. But, but I, I'm sure that there's an area for a, a diversity in our, in our worship. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 66 through 68 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May this be a time of spiritual growth as you get into the Word and as you study and as you yield your life to God that His love might be manifested through you. May you just begin to experience more and more that beautiful work of God's Spirit in your life as He conforms us daily into the image of Jesus Christ. So God bless you. Fill you with His Spirit, keep you in His love. In the name of Jesus. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For those who like to read books electronically on their mobile devices, you can now download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith's books to your Kindle reader or any mobile device, such as your cell phone. 
What a blessing to be able to have these resources with you at all times, especially when you're in a place to minister to another person. If you read ebooks, then you know the advantage of being able to search, find, and minister within seconds. And with all of Pastor Chuck and Kay's insights into biblical wisdom, this is a great opportunity to be able to gain from their book so you can share the good news with others. If you would like more information on how to download Pastor Chuck and Kay's ebooks, you can call the Word for Today customer service department at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay's ebooks online, visit thewordfortoday.org. Again, that's thewordfortoday.org.